Coming to you from our opulent and luxurious 4x8 refurbished broom closet at the National Headquarters in Indianapolis. With duct tape, studio lights, and a mic that you barely can hear, we hope to entertain and educate you. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Tango Alpha Lima Podcast, perhaps the most uncomfortable viewing of your week. Uh, Ashley, that was a heck of an entrance. I don't know if you undershot the mark, if you overshot the mark. I overshot it. (laughs) Uh, I was trying to keep moving and I got stuck. For those of you (laughs) not watching on YouTube, you 100% should be uh, taking this in and it's full uh, visual glory because let me tell you, Ashley's uh, maneuver there was spectacular. Uh, We are, however, good news, folks. We are up 400% for the month of July over where we started in April. So I guess four times four is 16. So we have 16 viewers now or something of that nature. Uh, So (laughs) just shout out to all you who have downloaded and rate our podcast. Make sure you do that uh, everywhere that you get a podcast. And, uh, you know, we... The more, the more eyeballs on here, the more people we can let know about the good things the American Legion's doing. So get on there. Give us high marks. Give us low marks. Just give us marks either way and let us know what we can do better. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my two co-hosts, Ashley Corbolja Maldonado with her spectacular entrance there. Love it. And uh, Jeff Daly from Hollywood, California. Ashley is a former MP in the Ohio National Guard. Jeff is a former Marine who once finished an entire Dr. Seuss book in a week with only a little help from other people on the big words. So congrats to Jeff on that. And we've got a story that is tailor-made for you, my friend. I know uh, I know you know what's coming, but man, it's a good week for that. But, uh, I, you know, I was going to start by talking to Jeff about some sports, but I, Ashley... Tell us why you're into 1980s worldwide wrestling uh, entertainment. Because that was a very nice story. It, it's just unexpected. When you look at Jeff and I and you, and you say one of them watches 1980s WWE, I don't think anyone would have picked you. So I think Jeff and I were both shocked by that. But tell us why. Okay. So... I have enjoyed wrestling for a very long time, and partly in uh, because of my grandfather, um, and I have an uncle who's five years older than me, so when my mom was graduating high school, my uncle was born, so I was like, surprise! My grandma was like, not done yet. <laughs> so my grandfather um, would take my, my uncle and I, and we would like go to all these different events and stuff, but um, that's... I mean, I remember sitting in my, my grandparents' living room, like, watching the television and watching wrestling with them. And that's just one of my favorite pastimes that I spent time with my grandfather. And, you know, my uncle would try and, like, stone cold stun me, like, off the couch and, like, throw. Like, I'm pretty sure I've been concussed at some point in my childhood, which is fantastic. So, like, I'm used to, like, Ric Flair and, like, the early on Dwayne The Rock Johnson, um, The Undertaker, um, you name it, like, The Warrior was, like, a favorite of my uncle's. I remember, like, he used to have, like, the theme song playing all the time. Um, but, yeah, some really, really cool personalities. And, obviously, like, you grow up and, you know, a lot of that's just, you know, fake and stuff. But my brothers... Wait, what? Uh, 
what right <laughs> so my brothers were really into it and they had all the action figures they had like the wrestling ring i mean my parents are spending like 25 dollars on like these like little action figure kind of guys right and we used to have a whole collection of it i'm still they're probably they're probably still in my mom's basement somewhere in like a tub of pastimes but yeah so fun I, story listeners that, that, that's I, I, I part just, of my I was, past and i still I, I enjoy it i was just surprised by it when we were like my kids also watch the rock but it's usually in moana like not uh his <laughs> wrestling days so well i've got to say that you're welcome you're welcome ashley with you're your revelation welcome. I've, yeah. I've come to understand a lot more about you. I can, the effects of the concussions make a lot of things really clear <laughs> in my TBI, mind. Early TBI, everybody. Yeah, so. <laughs> no concussions, she might have gone to Michigan. We'll never know. Yeah. I mean, let's not get crazy. <laughs> yeah. She's still from do, Ohio. Do they let people into Michigan from Ohio? I think they do, right? They do. Yeah, some it's, of our, uh, actually some of our best football of players have come some of our best football players have come from Ohio, unfortunately. My one of my it best their, friends in the army. It was their way out. One of my best friends in the army was a diehard Ohio State guy. Diehard from Barberton, Ohio. Grew up on the mean streets of Barberton. Loved loved everything about Ohio. And then his son got recruited to play at Michigan, and he had to go out wow. and buy all the Michigan gear. And I, I know it. I know it hurt him, but he became a big Michigan fan. So shout out to. Robert Douglas and his uh, son, who played at uh, University of Michigan before transferring, I believe, to Rutgers, where he played football for a while. But okay. Jeff, uh, sports, man. Are we back? Are we sort uh, of back? No, because, like, I, I, I mean, watching sports with no fans, I think I told you guys this off air, is like uh, playing sports with no fans when I played high school varsity soccer. Like, nobody, <laughs> There's no emotion left in the game. I just I don't like it. And I do want to say before we leave the Ohio Michigan thing, this is it's a touching story actually. I was out here and I met this girl. She's a lovely girl. Um, I had no clue she had all her teeth. <laughs> and what she had she had lived in the South Bay, which in LA, if you live more than five or seven miles, it's a thing that you have to kind of talk about. So she said that, and then she also said that she graduated from, and she said it exactly this the. Ohio State University. Yeah, and I go, oh. And so I was like, I can handle one of these things, but both is just way too much. I gotta, I'm sure you're great, but I gotta go. And this is reason 78. Why is Jeff single? Because uh, that story right there. Well, there you go. Because she put a Mystery the behind, before Ohio. That's. <laughs> Did, you guys ever watch uh, Last Man Standing? You ever watch that Tim Allen oh, TV show? Tim Allen, yeah. Yeah, because he's from Michigan and his wife's from the Ohio State University, and they have a long-running uh, joke about it. But I don't know. One of my favorite shows on TV. I don't really watch all that many Tim, shows that don't deal with history. But well, Tim Allen is an awesome Michigan. He went to Western Michigan University, which is in Kalamazoo, yep. Michigan, the home of Jeff Daly of the Michigan Dailies, and. Yeah. He, that's where I was always surprised that he got on Disney because he got arrested yeah. in Kalamazoo, Michigan for selling cocaine in college. Yeah. And and not a small amount. No. Like, he went to prison for, like, five years. Like, he yeah, went to legit prison. Like, uh, But I did see there was uh, 
some guys decided to get his name trending from Barstool Sports last week, and everyone just assumed that Tim Allen had died because his name was trending, and everyone was feverishly looking, and Tim Allen was pretty funny. He said he had woke up, saw his name trending, and wondered if he had died, and then he was looking <laughs> at it, but he, in his thing to say, yeah, I'm still alive, he did say he still lives in Michigan, which I, I thought was great. I I mean, I assumed he was a Hollywood guy like, like Jeff here, that you know, everybody moves nah, out of Michigan sooner your money will go way further in the Midwest. Yeah, I, I would, I would 100% rather live in Michigan than Hollywood, but I just don't like traffic. So, yeah. all right. It's over, overrated. Oh, it's, yeah. I, oh, shots fired. I, I've been to Los Angeles twice. I went to the Palisades Post and had a wonderful time. But as I told you before, like, everyone there is, like, beautiful and dressed really nice and I look like a guy who wandered out of a cave with his pet bear and just came upon society. So I felt super Have awkward. Have you ever seen this old skit of Bongo, Bongo the Bear? No. Please look that up in your free time. Have you ever Bongo watched? I do like watching the videos of like so like the, the Russian bears that uh, wrestle with people. That's always fun no, to watch a bear definitely just not beat those people kind of around. Bears. It's like so you need to come. You Disney. need to come back to Los Angeles and come to the post. That's another thing. I was in Los Angeles last year because I saw Ashley in Los Angeles, but you were not there. You right? were where, though? Where were you? We we were at the Student Veterans of America convention. Oh, I wasn't a Student Veteran of America, so I didn't... Well, you could have come over. Yeah, I mean, no, LA Live's got a... And I, that's where I met Ashley was that same time. Ah, well... No. Yeah. Was it? No, you uh, you and I met when I was running for Miss Veteran America, and but we also saw I was down there oh, that was before the that. But then I saw you again when you were in town for SBA. Yes, correct. I believe. Yeah. Well, thanks for introducing oh, yourself well, down there, Jeff. Appreciate that. Oh wait, you didn't. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, we're uh, gonna start with a wild story here uh, out of the Navy, and this one. I had to read it a couple times to figure out what was going on, but this is from the Navy Times, and it—I uh, mean, I'm loath to even give this poor lady's name, and you'll see why. But I guess it's out there, so we might as well discuss it. But her name is Elise Acevedo. She thought she was doing a good deed last year when she helped a fellow sailor who was badly intoxicated during a San Diego shore leave. Now I can't imagine that happens very often, but so she helps this guy out. Seven months after leaving the Navy, Acevedo is still the target of online harassment thanks to an erroneous Navy news story about the incident. In a story about the Navy and Marine Corps Achievement Medal she received in November for helping out the sailor, the Navy wrote that Acevedo received the medal for, quote, turning over a sailor who was underage drinking, end quote. The story quoted her as saying, I felt great knowing that I helped my command and hopefully the sailor by turning them over to the authorities. I love the fact that I received an award to help uh, to help me get promotion for it. So the story made it sound like she helped this like drunk Navy guy. Well, the reality is she didn't know he was underage. She not only wasn't looking for a promotion, but she was getting out of the Navy. And to this day, she is still receiving text messages that are, I can't even, 
I can't even read them on the show. You'll have to go and see it at the Navy Times. But everyone is harping on her for being a narc and being a Karen and turning this poor underage sailor into his command when all she did was help this guy who was apparently stone-cold drunk and couldn't even walk. And she basically carried him back to the ship. And now she's the target of online harassment. Jeff, did you get a chance to read this article? I, I did not read the article. But, and I'm shocked, to be honest, that um, there's a sailor that was drunk in San Diego. That It's that, got to be the first time it's ever happened, right? Yeah, yeah, because what it, basically San Diego is where uh, it's the Navy's charm school. So they go there and they learn how to behave properly. And, it's like Hogwarts for the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's great. <laughs> there, there's the Jeff look. I, I mean... It's just, but, I mean, can you imagine, like, you, she did the right thing, right? I mean, who among us hasn't found a drunk soldier or Marine or something? And you're like, all right, I got to get this dude back to where he belongs without ending up dead. And the next thing you know, the Navy puts out an article that says she turned in an underage sailor. That she And it's like the actual story. I'd love to talk to that PAO officer. Well, it turns out the person wrote a story based on it, but didn't have any quotes from her. And so he put in fake quotes pending talking to her about it, but he never got in touch with her. And then she woke up the next day and was getting hundreds of text messages. Well, it turned out somehow the story got published with her fake quotes. And that was the first time she learned that the sailor was underage. And she was like, what is the, like, what is happening here? And now she's been oh, out. Wow for a long time and so she's still thumb, she got set up for she got set up for failure on that one i mean 100 percent, right she called the reporter apparently and was like what's the deal on this and he's like what do you mean that hasn't been published and she's like well if it hasn't been I'm published how am i getting hundreds of text messages and facebook messages and everything else did jeff freeze was, like that wow. by the way or did he fall off or is that just his normal face that's his normal face Okay. But if he was frozen, it'd still be hilarious. <laughs> Holly, Producer Holly, please screenshot the following. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, what what do you think about this one? I, You know what? Like, kudos for her for trying to help somebody. I just think that someone up top who was, like, writing this didn't do their due diligence and set her up for failure. Because I know in the service, like, you know, you take care of your battles. And, you know, with that being said, like, you try and sober them up. You get them taken care of. You get them where they need to be. You know, but if it was if it escalated that badly where she had to like actually like you know give them to like authorities, probably wasn't. I don't know. I, I don't know if he was compliant. We don't know, right? But I think kind of broadcasting that story, because I you know, I, it's it's I've, crazy. I've to been me. in the service. Like I've definitely had to help a few people who are not in their right state and get back where they needed to be. But I mean, every time you did it, I, I assume, and every time I did it, you take them to their squad leader or whoever else, and you're yeah, like, you take "Hey, man, their... come get your man's. He's not doing come, well. Come like, get him. He's doing. Yeah. No. Right. For sure. well, how was like? And I, I assume that's like, what. If you ever gotten a pickle? Like you know, like call me. Right. I would I would much I would much rather come pick you up than you have like a DUI or you right. get in trouble or you spout off to somebody you know what I mean like it was always an open door with that right because yeah, you know stuff happens I, I, but I, I just can't I feel even... bad and then this picture too they got this young lady like holding this award and all this stuff and it's like <laughs> well I don't why, know. why were like, they mad it, because it always seems like too much for me <laughs> just like why were they like, mad I've at her definitely... because he was underage like she didn't serve him the drinks. 
Well, they they yeah. the story made it sound like she found an underage sailor and turned him into authorities for being an underage sailor. When in uh, reality, she, what she was trying to do was get this poor guy home. She and turned she, him in like you would turn in a library book. You'd have to return it back to where it belongs. Right. I mean, <laughs> you, her other option was to just leave him on a street corner with a styrofoam cup, which doesn't seem like a great plan to me. Like, no, I think she did good. what you're supposed to do. The, the story... I, it was I when I read it I was like what is happening in this story it's a Navy Times article and you must go read it you must go get the full flavor of what this poor lady has gone through and she really has a good demeanor and she doesn't seem to hold any animus towards the Navy but they are finally correcting the story so yes uh, stop if you are one of the Bravo. people that has been texting this poor woman please stop it's not needed all right, we are going to take a quick uh, commercial break to pay the bills, and we will be right back with you in a minute. So you were discharged with a 20% disability rating, but now you can't hear so well and need help. Contact an American Legion service officer. Service officers are free of charge, and they help all veterans. Find one near you with our online tool at legion.org forward slash service officers. And yes, Jeff had frozen, by the way. Nice. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and the look on what Jeff's face this, was though? spectacular. It was fantastic. Bruce Holly, I hope you got that screenshot. Because <laughs> oh, actually, for a moment, I really thought he was holding it. But, dude, if it was the oh. statue challenge or whatever the hell that thing was, he was holding it really good. <laughs> it was. It was real good. I was impressed. He's up in his game. All right. Oh, we least, are I back. Was and hopefully, I was looking smart. I was looking smart. If, oh, if Jeff Jeff is live now and not frozen, we, we were kind of concerned. We didn't know if Jeff was frozen or if he was doing that statue challenge thing. And if he was doing that, dude, you were a master of the statue challenging because you were really not good. moving. I think, I think there might be a screenshot in this message board that we're going to have to review later, but it was real good. Oh, yeah, we're it like, was. We're like, eh, we're going to keep going. All right, I Ashley. I can't uh, steal that we're gonna go to you. It was technology. Ashley, we're going to go to you for the second story. What do you got? All right, so another Navy Times story. Um, Congress awards its highest honor to World War II crew of the USS Indianapolis. So uh, Congress basically is awarding congressional gold medals. It's the highest honor uh, to surviving crew members of the USS Indianapolis. Uh, Indianapolis, uh, the ship that delivered key components of the first nuclear bomb and was later sunk in Japan during World War II. Now, to give you kind of an idea of the timeline here, and how many people were on board of this ship. So the ship had about 1,100 uh, personnel aboard, delivered uh, enriched uranium and other parts of the atomic bomb called the Little Boy that would be later dropped on Hiroshima in Japan in August, I think it was 1945. So what's interesting about this is four days after delivering that top cargo, the ship was sunk by Japanese torpedoes on July 30th, 1945. So timing, like we've, we've talked about timing, Time and place is just so important. Like, could you imagine if, like, that had been in the reverse? Like, I, I can't even, right? So, right. essentially, there was about uh, nearly 900 men who went into the Philippine Sea and just only only 316 survived um, before being rescued nearly five days later. The death toll was about 879 uh, people, the largest single disaster at sea for, in the U.S. Navy history. So... The survivors, uh, which if you're not familiar with, and I know um, there's a good uh, reference that was made earlier, but 
So the survivors were stranded in open ocean with few lifeboats and almost no food and water, enduring severe burns, dehydration, and even shark attacks. So the gold medal uh, was awarded to the ship's entire crew, living or dead, and they will be displayed at the Indiana War Memorial Museum in Indianapolis. So I thought this was a really uh, neat story um, that, you know, we are continuing to honor, you know, legacy of the Indianapolis that, you know, it's just, it's impressive. It's, it's impressive. I think it's a cool thing that they're doing. I just think from like a history standpoint, it's got so much uh, symbolism behind it. And if you just look at the timeline of yeah. the everything, it's just like, wow. Yeah, it, Ashley, Ashley referencing the, uh, you know, the movie thing. For those who kind of know what we're talking about, it's from the movie Jaws. And uh, Quinn, the boat captain, talks about how he was on the USS Indianapolis and all the sharks, uh, you know, were frenzied. They, there was sharks all over the place. So they were in the water or in the boats for five days with guys just slowly disappearing around them as they're getting beaten by sharks and their burns and dehydrated. Just a terrible story. Jeff, what do you got? Uh, are we going into resolution or just talk? Yeah, about yeah. Yeah, talk about okay. that. So the, the cool thing is, and as Mr. Seavey likes to say, the American Legion is a ground-up organization, and someone in the great state of Texas submitted a resolution about this that I'm going to read for you today. And this is further proof. Yeah, you could just you could just do the resolved clause. Yeah, the resolved. Okay, resolved by the American Legion and National Convention assembled in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 28, 29, 30, 2018, that the American Legion support the Congressional Gold Medal for the crew of the USS Indianapolis for their brave service in World War II. So that's that's like kind of you know people always ask what do we do. And it's such a huge question, right? I mean, is it right. baseball? Is it? I mean, we have so many things. And one of the things we do is we write resolutions and we send those up the chain so that we can make the right things happen or influence the right things to happen. And that's what happened here. And I think that it's a huge tribute to those who perished and those who survived because what a horrific horrific experience um being on a ship i can tell you in the middle of nowhere sometimes you just have that you have that feeling of wow if something happened this is it like we're nowhere like, nobody can get to us in any kind of real time and to have that to have that happen to them it had to have been uh, I mean, it's it seems stupid to try to to try to assign words yeah. to how that experience may have been, and I'm and I'm proud to be in an organization that uh, recognized that and made sure that they were recognized, which of course then makes sure that that story uh, is out there. And I imagine there's a lot of people who watched Jaws that didn't know that connection, and it's uh, and it's a it's a very powerful connection and. Again, like I'm proud of the American Legion for doing that. Yeah, this this uh, bill had been introduced in previous Congresses and really hadn't got any traction, and uh, the American Legion got involved and and now it's a thing. So you know, I don't want to pat us too bad on the back. I mean, we 
we got the Congress to do what it should have done on their own. Uh, but at least it's nice that we're finally honoring these these men on this ship. And again, because it was delivering all these parts and everything, it was kind of, uh, you know, they weren't broadcasting their position every day and doing all these things. They were engaged in a top secret operation, which is part of why it took five days for most of them to get res- uh, rescued. But man, it's just great that they're finally getting the con- Congressional Gold Medal. All right, let us move on to uh, to uh, Jeff. You have a story for us. I do, and it's uh, it's another trouble in the water kind of story. This one closer to home. I don't know if people were on Twitter on July 31st at 2:16 a.m., but this tweet went out um, from the first MEF. One Marine has died. Eight service members remain missing, and two were injured after an AAV mishap July 30th off the coast of Southern California. All are assigned to the 15th Mew. Search and rescue efforts are still underway with support from the Navy and Coast Guard. And of course, we now know that that search was called off and the, the, the vehicle was found with uh, human remains inside of it. And the story is tragic, obviously, with loss of life and training, especially being so close to home. Um, it's it's also a little frustrating for me. I've I've been in I've been in those uh, vehicles before. Um, I've had to go on liberty from a ship in one of those vehicles, and there is always water in those things. Every last one of them was built was put into service during the Vietnam era, and they're just refurbished and kept in the service. So this was not a brand new vehicle that went under. These are all from the Vietnam era. So it's, it's, it's frustrating that we can spend the insane amounts of money that we spend on other things, but the things that carry people, human beings, our most valuable asset, as any leader in the military will tell you, and we put them in harm's way before they can even get into harm's way. And it's super frustrating to me that uh, Marines, and in this case, a sailor as well, are put in that situation where the the bilge pump is the most important uh, piece of equipment on there because there's always there's always water that always has to be pumped out. Um, I'm I'm not going to go too big on a rant here, but obviously, as Mark you noticed earlier, it got me kind of revved up. Like, yeah. where's this Jeff? So I, it's but, it's a it's a horrific story. I can't I. I have not been in the back of an AAV. I've been in, uh, you know, Army 113s and things of that nature. And I didn't like being in a 113 in the first place. That's why I went light infantry instead of mech infantry. But, I mean, even mech infantry, you're at least on land. You can drop the back door and walk out. These guys are in the water. There's nowhere to go. You're trapped inside the skin. That's the most horrific thing I can ever imagine. I just... It's just so sad, just so terrible. But Ashley, what do you got? Um, so I never have. I've only seen like you know, obviously pictures of AAVs, and ironically, while I was doing MP stuff, I um, did a lot, a lot of work with uh, ASV. Oh, yeah, ASV, yeah, Armed Services. Anyway. Um, but I remember having to test off on this for like heat signatures and the way I always remembered it is it looked kind of like a big turtle and it had like just this big hatch in the back and I 
would be terrified to be in the water in one of those things. Like, I can't even imagine being in ASV and just like, even when we went through water and like just off, off road and terrain and stuff, like if those just hit, you know, proper mechanics, proper physics, next thing you know, like you're, you're rolled over. And like in something like that, where now you have water as a component and you're on a track and you get stuck and like it just you can't pump the water out fast enough like that's horrifying i it's terrible mm. yeah. so on that up note uh we will take our second break and we will be back for our rapid fire which uh we will have some lighter fare uh for that but uh come back to us we'll be here in uh, about a minute ding, 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 ding. did you know that you could cut a five-pointed star in one snip Betsy Ross did. Learn her secret and many other things you might not know about Old Glory in the American Legion's Bookazine. Indivisible, the story of our flag. Available at legion.org forward slash emblem sales. All right, and we are back and uh, we are here for the rapid fire. We've got three stories today. Um, The first one is the... I don't even know where to go with this one, but the uh, Navy SEAL Museum decided to do a canine exhibition where they uh, set the dogs on a person wearing a Colin Kaepernick jersey, which uh, not a genius marketing move. Uh, And the U.S. Navy has, of course, had to come out and say, look, we don't have anything to do with the Navy SEAL Museum. And I think the the thing that got me is... uh, for those that don't know the backstory on Colin Kaepernick taking a knee, he had he was just going to sit down, but he talked to former Green Beret Nate Boyer, um, who was a long snapper for Seattle Seahawks, and he had suggested that taking a knee would be less disrespectful. But uh, Nate Boyer had some pretty great comments about this Colin Kaepernick dog thing in Business Insider, and he basically said, look, uh, it, I thought it was a pretty soft target thing. It was pretty weak. They're trying to raise money for a charity event, and that's what they're going to use. I don't know. It just seemed like a weak move, and I got to agree with him. It seems a little too on the nose. But what do you what do you think about this one? Too much being made of it, or is this wildly inappropriate? I don't know. It seems a little poor in taste. I don't know. Right. Like it just you can see, like even in the picture in this article I'm looking at, like you got people in the bystand with like their hands up, like they're you know taking photos and stuff. Like I I don't know. I just I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't just, do that, and I would never say like, "Yeah, let's let's do that." That'll be really funny. Like that's, I don't know. It's done in poor taste, I think. Jeff. The optics of it are the optics of it are just horrible. If you consider the the environment that this whole topic is around, to then have a a dog. Well, in, in their attack. defense, the video was taken before all this went down. Uh, well, no, because a, even with what that's what Colin Kaepernick is saying, he's, he's protesting his right, brutality yeah. of police. So dogs, dogs have been used for a long time before sure. Colin Kaepernick was even born. But the, <laughs> the, the, the situation that it's is talking about, the optics of having a dog, sticking a dog on that is not amazing at all. And it's uh, such... It's such poor taste. Most of us have a part of our brain or another person standing close by that's like, dude, that's a bad idea. 
apparently the person in this photo <laughs> like where is that person is it the person taking it like who who is like i it, oh. didn't someone say hey maybe this isn't the greatest idea to get our navy seal museum which i would like to go see the navy seal museum but this is just i don't know it's a little bit too on the head like there's yeah. nothing about this that strikes me as a good idea i crazy all right jeff this one's all for you though my friend you ready for this it's in the Marine Corps Times entitled, Someone Finally Made Edible Crayons for Marines. And, I mean, I don't want to, I, I think I've blown the lead, but someone finally made edible crayons for Marines. And it was this uh, lady named Tashina Coronel, a Marine Corps veteran and the owner of Okashi Sweets, decided to start selling crayons Marines could actually eat. She also threw in edible glue for good measure. Yeah. The crayon started as an uh, inside joke between services, she told the military times. It was actually a jab at Marines, uh, Marines from other services trying to make fun of us. But as Marines, we can laugh along with them and own it as our own. Jeff, how many crayons slash edible glue are you ordering immediately after the show today? Zero, and I'm offended. You're offended. You look 100% offended. offended. Because... <laughs> Crayons have always been edible, so I don't know what these people are talking about. I had some for breakfast today. <laughs> so I don't need, they're not very I don't nutritious, need... but they're edible. Almost everything need... is edible. <laughs> I don't need this candy to prove to me that crayons are edible, but I think they, they might actually taste better. I can't wait to see what um, some of those colors taste like from the candy artisan that is, that is making those. So I, I probably will check out Amazon, or I probably have to go direct. But uh, I'm going to I'm going to feed them to my people in uh, inferior branches so that they can kind of get the feeling. Oh, maybe we could do that for the next podcast. We could just sit here and eat it. crayons while you uh, while you pontificate on whatever it is you want to talk about. <laughs> Ashley, smell she- flavors. And- <laughs> Taste colors. What do you, Ashley? Are you up for eating some crayons on the next show, or do you want the glue? I'm kind of a glue gal. Yeah. Get <laughs> <laughs> that face. In so, fact, she was sniffing it earlier today on the show. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't yeah, say yeah. you're a glue girl. You're gonna lose your <laughs> job. <laughs> oh, geez. oh my god! All right, and our Moving last story. On. Our last story was one that just kind of. I, this one's entitled, uh, it's a Stripes article, Dating App Hookups by Quarantine Troops Rile Enlisted Leader for U.S. Forces Japan. Now, first of all, I, it's got to be like, it's always a sergeant major that's complaining about this stuff or whatever. This is a command chief master sergeant from the Air Force, which, you know, it is what it is. But apparently... Uh, the senior enlisted leader for U.S. Forces Japan has singled out military personnel for using dating apps and hooking up while under quarantine. To prevent the coronavirus spread, U.S. service members and civilians arriving in Japan are placed in restriction of movement for 14 days. However, some under quarantine aren't following the rules. Uh, U.S. Forces J Japan Command Chief Master Sergeant Richard Weingartner Jr. told it. it, it I don't know. This strikes me as there's gambling going on in this house. What? You're, you're telling me that enlisted U.S. troops are using dating apps? Posh, I say. Anyway, he, his quote here was, we're seeing some folks that are like, okay, I'm here, 
but I can just kind of sneak out. What I would ask <laughs> is if you know if someone is doing this, ask them to stop, he said, without elaboration uh, on the violations where they happen. Some in quarantine are using dating apps such as Tinder and Bumble and hooking up with folks, he said, without specifying whether the other parties involved were from the military community or outside the gates. All right, so, like, they're in quarantine lockdown and they're using Bumble to possibly get people from outside the gates? It just seems like fishing with dynamite to start with. And then on top of that, are there no security precautions about outside civilians? Like, do they show up at the front gate and they're like, I got a bumble from some dude. I got to go see it. I, the whole story. I'm here to meet my friend. <laughs> What's his name? I he's <laughs> crayon eater number five. <laughs> I can't believe oh, you just Lord. gave out Jeff's bumble, that name, on, on the air. You know what? Sorry. The, I, I, I bet you someone thinking, has that too. <laughs> I keep thinking I about real. my own my own bumble my own bumbles in life, and I I think they've outbumbled me here. This is this is some dumb stuff. So, I will say that I did meet. Ready for it? Ready for it, Jeff? Oh yeah. I meet my husband on a dating app. Wow! Wow! Fill out your tango, Felipe Bango. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where is where is that one? Oh yeah, it's I've got it checked there. off right there. Actually, my husband. But you yeah, didn't no, say I it met, right. I met Robert. Um, this is like 2013 Tinder, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah, but you weren't on, you weren't yeah. on quarantine, sneaking him onto a base. <laughs> that doesn't even how seem do you possible know? to me. How do you yeah, know? How do I know? How do I know? But I'm like, when, when they ask her for ID, what does she do? Does she hold up the thing? The text from him going, you up? <laughs> you know, <laughs> reporting for duty. Right. I don't have a military ID, but I have an invite from Bumble. Can I get in? No, you can't. I, I, the whole story was, it was just flabbergasting. All right, we're running out of time here because we are on a tight schedule, so I will do my shout out. And mine uh, is just something we saw, and it's uh, Navy Admiral James Kirk. There's an actual... Navy Admiral named James Kirk. I don't know why he hasn't transferred to Space Force, but you need to make sure that happens, Admiral. Uh, we will we will be happy to talk about you in the near future. But Ashley, who do you got for a shout-out today? So I want to give a shout-out uh, to a uh, Staff Sergeant type named uh, me, Samantha Frydenlund. I probably didn't say that correctly, so I apologize. But uh, she's out of a uh, joint base, Andrews, um, and her and her canine dog, Rocky, just took doc top dog uh, for the military working dog competition. Nice. So I wanted to just kind of give a shout out to any of the canine handlers out there, um, and specifically um, her. There's a really great article that I posted on LinkedIn. She's, uh, I think it was a 316th uh, security, security, sport, security support squadron host top dog competition. Nice. Um, but it's out there. It's through... Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's the Airman. Yeah, Joint Base Andrews. So if anyone's interested in that, I thought it was really cool. So she just took that within like the past, I don't know, end of end of July. So it's kind of cool. Jeff, what do you got for shout out? Friggin' Ashley stole mine. There's I'm zero kidding. chance she did that. <laughs> zero chance. But I do want to so, hear you pronounce her name because the way Ashley did it, I... I, d I couldn't I, even. I just tried to split it up into three parts. It's. <laughs> I know my I'm own name's gonna... difficult. I I just apologize. You just apologize. <laughs> you just beg for forgiveness. So I was going to give a shout out. I know that a lot of uh, a lot of 
women in District 24 here in Los Angeles. Um, they went out and there was a there was a rally for Vanessa Guillen here, and they uh, they went out, they showed up, and got and got that uh, attention, not just on Vanessa, uh, but for the the plight of women in uniform. So I'm going to give a shout out to them. And I know that our commander, Jennifer Campbell, is one of them. Uh, uh, my friend Marceline. Um, there's just, I'm probably going to get in trouble now because I didn't name everyone I know that went out there. But kudos to all y'all. Yes. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up another exciting edition. Uh, I hope we still have our listeners from Colombia and North Korea and Iran, and I don't even remember where the other ones were. But uh, And definitely, we haven't heard back from the people in Ireland, but if you're listening to this in Ireland and you want to have us uh, do a show from there, please send all your emails, hundreds of them. Just make up email addresses and send them to us so that... <laughs> I can spam our higher-ups and get us a trip to Ireland. <laughs> so, all right, guys, I will see you next week. As always, thank you for being here. Thank you guys for listening. Stay home, stay safe, keep legioning. Bye. Bye. Go Blue. <laughs>